You're listening to the Yakima Chief Hops Podcast Network. Welcome back to our newest episode of Beer, Baseball, and Binds. I'm Joe Catron, Vice President of Yakima Chief Ranches. With me is my partner, Steve Carpenter. How are you, Steve? Hey, I'm doing great. Gosh, it's great to be here again for another episode where Joe and I get to talk with one of our favorite brewers and uh, breweries about the only things we know anything about, beer, baseball, and hops. Those are three fine things to know about, in my opinion. Absolutely. (laughs) If you know anything about those three things, you got it made. Mr. Jeremiah Zimmer, how are you, sir? I'm awesome. What's up, guys? We really Thanks appreciate you me. taking the time to join us, man. All the way from yeah, Chicago. No, this, is, this is fun. Uh, I feel like we get, we all got used to the Zoom format last year, and now it's a it's a good excuse to see some friendly faces from across the country. Absolutely. Yeah, Jeremiah, of course, is from uh, Chicago area and uh, is a co-owner of Hop Butcher for the World up-and-coming brewery that uh, he was kind enough to send us some beers that we're sampling here on the podcast. And uh, tell us a little bit about your brewery, uh, Jeremiah, and how you came up with the name and uh, how you guys are doing out there in the heartland. Yeah, right on, Steve. Um, So we started out as South Loop Brewing Company, and South Loop is a neighborhood of Chicago, kind of uh, also up-and-coming and and surrounds uh, Soldier Field. Um, and, uh, as we kind of worked our way through the trademarking process, as we decided we wanted to grow up and be big boys, uh, we realized that, um, due to a, a relabeled, but trademarked beer by a, a South loop, uh, establishment, uh, that that would never be possible. You know, the USPTO doesn't ascertain between beer brewery or, you know, bar, it's just beer category and first two, first two words. So, uh, we had, we had realized that, you know, even though we had put a year and a half, two years into, you know, trying to let people know who we were, that if we ever wanted to, to protect the name and grow it, that we would probably have to change. Um, so there was some, some trepidation in doing so, you know, you feel like you've built a little bit of goodwill and equity with with anybody that you poured a beer for at festivals or the local beer scene and um we actually had hot butcher for the world uh in our in our name bank uh as a potential beer name and i was looking at that uh in that book in that in my little notebook as a potential rename for another beer which we were calling hot monster of the midway and we 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 wanted to rename that beer because we really loved the name and we really loved the beer aside, but we, we felt strongly that there would be a certain football team that would have a problem with us <laughs> slapping that all over packaging. Sure. Um, but the more and more I stared at that name, uh, the, you know, these, these, I guess were like two parallel paths of thought in my head. The more I stared at that name, for the beer, the, the more it started blending in with the other path, which was the brewery name. And, um, I remember calling Jude and and just saying, "Hey, you know what? What if we were what if we were a hot butcher for the world instead of South Loop Brewing Company, or instead of any of the other ideas we had kind of, you know, tossed back and forth as kind of the the name of the future uh, for this company we had started?" And it grew on him, and you know, we made the change and we made the announcement. We kind of held our breath, and uh, 
I think what we found was people were more excited about that name than anybody ever was about our previous name. And they were, they were kind of welcoming that new brand and that new name and with open arms. Um, and, you know, even as South Loop Brewing Company, we're a hop forward brewery, so we didn't change who we were. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just changing, you know, what we were calling ourselves. Yeah. So I don't want to say the rest is history because <laughs> I want to talk to you guys about more, uh, you know, more questions that might fall within there. But, you know, that was kind of how we flipped from first name to hot butcher for the world. And, and that, you know, being inspired by the, the, the poem called Chicago by Carl Sandberg. Sure. A uh, specific line in there about Chicago being known as the hog butcher for the world. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it seemed e- an easy task to just flip that G to a P. And, you know, it was a cool name. It wasn't uh, in that usual format of XYZ Brewing Company. So we felt like it stood out in a crowd. Um, but it also spoke to, you know, the type of beers that we really like to play. So it's almost like we got a second chance to like, let people know who we were and what we were up to. Well, I think you nailed it. I, I'm trying a little bit of your grid beer, and it is definitely hop forward, outstanding beer. I'm taking a couple cans, so I'm dibs on a couple cans, Joe. <laughs> there you so, Steve. All right. Jeremiah was very yeah. generous with the shipment. I, I think one thing uh, that the hop and beer industry have done is single handedly revitalize the intellectual property attorney business. Uh, just seems like everything we do in naming new hop varieties, we've got to be on our game in terms of finding something no one else has used. And it sounds like right. you guys have the same challenge at the brewery level as well. Yeah. So I mean, it, seem, it seems like, you know, people want to try what's next and, and nobody along the way wants to get left in the dust on something they created or something they used. So whether it's you guys, you know, coming up with a name that you can protect for a hop that's new and upcoming. And it almost seems from the brewer's perspective that you guys have, have risen to the challenge in uh, almost maybe making that experimental flow move a little faster. Because you, you have brewers like us breathing down your necks for whatever the the next uh xp is right and if it tastes like the color pink we want to use it in a 15 barrel batch of beer and let <laughs> people know that we were the first ones to use that xp um you know and i i've traded countless emails with with jason uh peralt about you know well, how many pounds of this can you get well eight i can't do that with eight yeah. but how about 11 what can you get me 22 of uh we just we want to be at that at that edge of hop like new hop products for sure but you know what are those arom- aromatic and you know flavorful hop experiences that people haven't had yet and how do we work with you guys to use what's right at that edge uh so that we're amongst the first to to you know put those hops on display and let people taste those and say oh my god you know i've never heard of uh of sabro before but the first beer i ever remember drinking with it was a hot butcher beer like that's the stuff that gives us the, the goosebumps and the tingles and uh that that certainly gives us another reason to you know send you guys emails every couple of weeks and be like what's new sure <laughs> what's Absolutely. new what's next uh, well, all of course while not you know denying the part where we're we're still leaning on all the classics your citras and simcos and mosaics and you know, Sabro, and uh, those are all a big part of our uh, our lineup. Yep, good stuff, and uh, it's uh, it's kind of like baseball. Actually, it's nothing like baseball at all. But I got to segue <laughs> into that uh, subject, so 
I'm going to go with that. Sure. And Jeremiah, we know that you are a White Sox fan, right? Yes, sir. That's probably a good time to be a White Sox fan, especially if you're from Chicago, because it seems like the Sox are buyers and the Cubs may be our sellers for the first time in a while. So, uh, yeah, two different, two different types of, uh, of, of fandom, uh, experiences right now. You, you got some Cubs fans going through some pains of, you know, the, the prospect of their core players being busted up and shipped off elsewhere. And, you know, 2016 wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Um, and even as a Sox fan, man, it was a lot of fun watching the Cubs win. We're not Cubs haters in this family. Um, and we got Cubs fans for sure in the brewery too. So it's, it, it was fun to watch them do that five years ago. And I, I guess, you know, we're just hoping as White Sox fans that we can capture that same magic that we haven't seen since 2005 and, uh, you know, bring a, bring the championship excitement back to the South side. Yeah. That, uh, is always the goal, right? Of having that playoff team that can make it to that world series and uh, we're excited about you guys. I mean, we're uh, love to see uh, uh, the White Sox do well because they're in the American League, and so are the Seattle Mariners. That's kind of the team that we root for on this end of the country. And uh, I, I've been to games both at Wrigley and on the South Side, and uh, it's it's a totally different experience. the The White Sox fans will tell you that uh, you know we're real baseball fans here. You go to a Wrigley game, game up at Wrigley, that's where the tourists go. And we have the baseball fans here. And and I think it's kind of true, at least my experience. Uh, I, I was at uh, the South Side a little over 12 years ago today and, and happened to be able to witness uh, Mark Burley's perfect game. And I think it was yeah, the was 18th game. perfect game in in major league history and just randomly go to a game and be able to watch that just just cemented this thought in my head sirens were going off and everything it was crazy out there yeah they're coming for you <laughs> yeah. they're gonna get you steve you you hear someone some some uh, some cop who was a cubs fan heard you talking <laughs> about wrigley i i won't get into which ballpark you're most likely to hear sirens in chicago but uh <laughs> But uh, nevertheless, it was a great experience. Uh, uh, they put in this kid, I think his name was Dwayne Weiss, for a defense replacement mm-hmm. late in the game. In the ninth inning, he went up and grabbed what had been a home run ball. And I think, don't quote me on this, but I think it was Gabe Kapler that hit hit the ball off Burley hmm. late in the game. And he went up and flipped it back in and caught it before it hit the ground. It was just, And then the next time I was there, they had on the wall the catch. Uh, yeah, that stiff. was a special one. There's stiff always that one play that preserves the no-no or preserves yeah. that perfect game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Impressive stuff. I want to talk a little bit more about Hot Butcher and your story, Jeremiah, because you guys, you know, you might be hounding Jason or, you know, always breathing down all the hot breeders next for the what's next. But, um, you know, you've always been super generous with sending out the final results of that. So I just want to personally thank you because I've been a, a personal, like a benefactor of that several times. But, um, I love you guys are, you guys are never afraid to to, do more. (laughs) Yeah, no, we, we, we definitely appreciate it. So I just want to let you know that, but you guys, like you said, are are never afraid to just to kind of mince it up and and kind of make the sausage, if you will, with like all sorts of different hop combinations. You just take those chances and and what comes out is, is usually, you know, greater than the sums or the sum is greater than its parts. So it's, 
from a hop from a hoppy brewer's perspective, you know, what can you offer maybe some of the listeners about uh, your guys' philosophy on brewing and, and and just how that pays dividends for you personally? Sure. I mean, I, I think you have to you have to dive into what hops bring to the table, not just from a description, you know, on on a website or a piece of paper or what you've read, mm-hmm. but also from an experience standpoint. You gotta rub those hops. You gotta use them. You gotta use them in three, four, five different places or ways, and you gotta use them with other hops. You know, we were talking about mosaic earlier. Um, it's well known to bring that dank blueberry, uh, but it's also known to be a little bit of an amplifier for other hops, depending on what lot you pick. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're, we're trying to constantly fuel our knowledge of, of the hops we use by, you know, every year we select and we figure out what that does to our beers. Does it make them better? Do we have to use more? Is it a little bit weaker? And like, we're, we're, we're starting to kind of build our memory bank of what works and what doesn't. Um, but you can, you can get to know hops like that. And when you find little moments uh, to be excited about a certain something, whether, you know, like 2019, we selected this really unique Simcoe um, and we selected it because it was unique, not because it was traditional Simcoe. Hmm. Um, we select, you know, a, a citra lot, uh, in 2019 that had like these really bright citrus, like light vanilla notes. And, uh, you know, our, our 2020 was just as great of a citra, but in different ways. And so you almost find yourself riding the flow of how you use some of your go-to hops, uh, based on how they change from year to year, but also how they interact with different hops. And, and there's a magic to it. There's an alchemy to why Citra Simcoe works, uh, you know, at a 12 out of a 10, because it just does. And then you pair, you know, a Citra with uh, Equinot and it's its own, its own brand of magic. And then you take Citra and you pair it with, uh, you know, something from down under mm-hmm. and you're like, well, that's a completely different beer. And, and you know, Citra might be that common thread, uh, but it's working its magic in three different ways and three different beers. So, you know, that that part is exciting to us. And every time you guys have an experimental or you, uh, you know, give us the opportunity to like walk down an experimental row or use the next year of a hop or, hey, try this cryo blend. Like there are all potentially these new experiences that can fork off into a hundred different beers, uh, depending on what other hops you're excited about. Um, so that has always kind of driven who we are as brewers because you know, you see memes out there about like, you know, craft breweries today saying, well, I have my Amarillo Citra and my Citra Mosaic and my Mosaic Amarillo. And those are our three options, but those can be three very distinct beers. Uh, you know, and and I'm not even talking about the yeast variable, right? You have your West coast beers, you got Mm -hmm. pale ales, you got triple IPAs these days, you got hazy, you got, you know, um, we're taking, we're taking classic hops and, uh, you know, dropping them on Pilsners, you know, we're doing Italian Pilsner style. And, uh, so it's not just about the IPA. It's about, it's about really trying to constantly educate and renew your excitement, uh, for all the new things and exciting things that you guys are able to provide us as brewers. But it's also about getting back to, you know, the hops that got us here, your mm-hmm. Cascades. Uh, we recently visited 
um, Southern Cross, you know, I mean, that's, it's not a, it's not an American hop, but we bought like 22 pounds in 2015 and we just never used it and it sat on the shelf. And so we finally got around for using that hop for the very first time. Uh, and you, you find yourself as brewers trying to tell those stories with hops almost, you know, whether it's, uh, whether it's an American hop or a German hop or, a, you know, Aussie or New Zealand, it's, you find these little stories uh, internally and externally of why you love them or why you want to use them or why you want to pair this one with that one. And you know what, to your point about us not being afraid to like try things, you know, we're not batting a thousand, you know, we, we are going to have a beer that we release here or there that you're like, you know what, I don't even know why it did that, but that was the result of those two hops happening together. But for every, we've been lucky enough for every time that's happened, you know, I could probably point to 12 examples of it, it actually working in ways that made us want to, you know, do it again. Um, grid being one of them, you know, happy accidents where maybe we did even, <laughs> oh my God, hang on one second. My three-year-old just popped down here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all good, man. That was actually kind of going to be my next question. He was talking about, you know. <laughs> It can be magic, and it's all talking about Citra being magic in different arenas. That was the one thing I was kind of going to ask him about is something that we all kind of have a common thread is, you know, being busy professionals but also having family, having, you know, business obligations, having your, your coworkers, your colleagues, managing those relationships, um, and then balancing all that stuff with a, a growing business, a growing family. Uh, just curious, Jeremiah, some of your thoughts, like how you, how you kind of – clear your mind or get away and spend time with family and make sure that you're being the man you need to be in all, all those different arenas that you're required to be in. Yeah, right on. Good, good question. Um, and just to, to point out, I have three kids and my partner Jude has four. They just had their fourth. So we have seven collective kids to be here. <laughs> um, so thankfully people uh, are into our beers, right? Um, you know, I think one thing that Zoom and uh, the pandemic had had really shown us was that it's possible to do chunks of your job from home um and you know both ways one it's easy uh, maybe easier to to dive into everything that you know the business of family uh because you're at home you know and it's just as hard to take care of business when you're surrounded by kids and you almost feel like you need to get to an office just to to not have somebody interrupt you um but, uh, you know, there are, everybody kind of finds the right balance of getting work done and, and, or what needs to get done, done and, um, and, and making time for what's important in life, which is, is spending time with your loved ones. And sometimes that means just physically closing the laptop and getting up from the desk and going upstairs and asking the kids how their day was. And, you know, other times it involves like keeping that laptop cracked a little bit later and, uh, getting what you need to get done and then going upstairs a little bit later and making dinner. Um, you know, it's kind of an ebb and flow. Um, I've been fortunate enough to, to be close enough that if I need to kind of bounce over to the brewery, I can do that, uh, pretty quickly. Um, and I can get back pretty quickly, which is, is great, but also that our kids up to this point who are, you know, 10, seven and three years old are, are relatively used to mom and dad, you know, working from home. So that they know when we have to be on a phone call and, well, at least the 10 and seven year olds do the three year old, as you just saw, doesn't really care what I'm doing or where I am. He's going to find me. Um, 
but yeah, I, you know, I, I really, I really love my, my wife and kids and I love spending time with them and, and you have to have that reset, whether it's every day or every week or whatever that, you know, everybody's different. That balance is going to be different for people. Um, and it's going to be different by the time of the year. Um, but you really got to remember those important parts of life and, and make sure they get, they get as much time as they deserve as well. Yeah, that's an important distinction too. We, the way we look at our business is we're doing our best to create value for our customers. But if you look at family, that's really ways we can create value for ourselves and, and fulfill that part of our lives. And I'm a little older than you guys, so I'm I'm to the point of enjoying grandkids now. And uh, we've got three that's grandkids awesome. uh, here that uh, out of town this week. And so every evening's a different experience and abusing Papa and, uh, you know, just having fun with those kids. It, it just goes on from one generation to another. And, uh, yeah, it's, this really is a segue. It, it is one of the reasons I love baseball because it's such an, a generational sport. It's, it's something you can go to with your mother, father, grandmother, grandfather, and still take your grandkids and and pass out on that tradition to them. Sure, so. and it, it's it's old fashioned now, right? Because it, it requires you to slow down. It, it's it's sl- it's yeah. a slower game, and so that's the main gripe for you know the modern the modern era is well, it's too boring. I don't get it. Why do you, why do you even like that? Well, it, it 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 makes you slow down, and some of us need that. So I don't know. Maybe that maybe that's why we like that, Steve. Could be. I, I know there's an awful lot going on between pitches too that kind of keeps you mentally in tune to the game and you know the, the the little battles going on within the big battle between pitcher and catcher and the batter and the base runners and the managers and uh just a great game uh do you, do you get it so you get down to the south side often for a game jeremiah yeah you know my wife and i pre-kids uh we we were part of this uh, like mini packages thing that a oh, friend sure. did where he went and bought a bunch of tickets and split them up amongst his friends. So we would go all the time. I obviously get to less uh, game with more kids now because kids have act- their own activities. Um, but we try to get to a couple every summer. Um, you know, the family itself, like the general uh, immediate family is pretty into baseball. So, you know, my, my wife's dad, uh, my brother-in-laws, they're all big Sox fans too. So it's a topic of conversation when we get together. Um, and everybody kind of has their own little motivations to, to try to get to a game, you know, whether it's their immediate family or the larger immediate family, you know, Hey, you guys want to go to a game? And the Sox were just up in Milwaukee this past weekend. And if we didn't have, you know, plans every, all three days, we were going to, we were going to all go up there and, and take in the white Sox at Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if we can't do it, we'll watch it on TV, but we certainly enjoy a trip out to the ball game. And as my kids get a little bit older, I always assume, and we don't always test it, but we assume that they're, you know, willing to stay a little bit longer every subsequent time. You know, you just got to time out and space out the food orders, you know, the, the ice creams and the footlong hot dogs and the, uh, the helmets, helmetfuls of nachos. Yeah, oh, man. That's important. That's an important strategy to, to match the strategy on the field. Yeah, it's it's actually tomorrow night at our local uh, Yakima team, the Yakima Pippins. It's Yakima Chief Night at the game. So we're taking our three That's grandkids, awesome. and I, I know exactly what you're talking about, Jeremiah, because nap time will be later 
because there's fireworks after the game. And we think they would enjoy that, and they kind of have to be awake to be able to do that. So sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that works out. This Friday night at uh, at the park at Gar- it's called Guaranteed Rate Field now. Though yeah. my diehard White Soxness won't uh, allow me to stop calling it the Cell or Kaminsky. Kaminsky. Um, yeah. It's Elvis. It's Elvis night. Oh uh, wow! Which is a, a popular night where they got a bunch of Elvis lookalikes and they do fireworks and stuff. So I'm trying to see <laughs> if a Friday night trip to the ballpark might work for my kids. So oh, nice. You got an outfit ready, try. or that be something you got to go to Value Village for on the way to the park? You know, I figure if I shave. From here down, at sure. least I can show I have some some sideburns like Elvis, but I I don't have the uh, the chest the open chested Elvis costume uh, handy this year. Maybe next year. <laughs> oh, that's great. Gotta love Elvis night, regardless of where it's at. That's that's cool. So Joe, um, we've had a pretty warm summer here. Yeah, it's been hot. And it's uh, it's kind of cooled down a little bit, and I think that's been good for the hops. But uh, can you give us just a quick uh, hop report? Uh, uh, we're, we're probably, what, a month away from harvest, which it's hard to believe that it's coming up that quick. Isn't that but something? Give us, give us a little report on what's, uh, what's going on out in the hop fields. Yeah, so we are. we got about a month left of the growing season. Uh Stuff is really starting to see widespread bloom across the valley now, which is nice to see. So all the all the flowers setting, all the cones uh, starting to develop. So uh, we do have some more triple digits coming in the next couple days. Shouldn't affect us too much. Kind of a quick blip into the 100, 102, something like that is what I'm seeing uh, over the weekend. And then back down into the 90s. So uh, hopefully everything will continue pushing and growing through that like it has been. Um, I would say... I am happy, uh, more optimistic maybe than I was two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, with just overall quality, yield, uh, everything. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, um, hoping that, hoping that brewers are, you know, uh, if they're healthy and willing and able to make it out here for the, for the annual hop migration, we'd love to, love to host them and, so I know that's, you know, part of this whole conversation here, getting Jeremiah here was just a, one opportunity that I got to, you know, got to take him and his crew around and show him around the facility and the experimental blocks and just spend quality time together. And it's, you know, it's been nice to, that's huge. to continue building that relationship. And, and so we, we, uh, we sure do appreciate you joining us today. I raise my glass to you guys for being so hospitable. I wasn't last year because of COVID, but the year before that really kind of changed our lives as as hop forward brewers in terms of, you know, uh, farmer uh, and brewer relationships and what hops mean to us and what we were looking for and really just you know having a a personal connection you know to the supply chain, if you will, um, and, and such an important part of our supply chain. Uh, just, I, I swear to God, if, if, if your ears truly ring, when we talk about you, your ears were ringing all the time, because I feel like we always use you guys as the example of, of how closely we can work together, you know, without usurping the, the natural chain of business and all the people in between that, 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 you know, touch this product before it even gets to us. Um, but also, you know, not every, company operates like YCH, you know, uh, and, and that's a good thing for you guys. 
uh, as it relates to just the little things like how the website works to, you know, the access to, to ask you guys questions or tell you what we think and have you guys respond. And, um, you know, that that's something that, you know, it feels like it would be common, um, but it's maybe less common than than you'd think it would be. I said that right. I might, yeah. I might have got my words straight, but yeah. but props to you guys is what I'm trying to say for doing the things the way you do it because uh, we got to see it for the first time a couple of years ago and we're still talking about it. Yeah, you don't know how much good that does my heart to mm. hear that, Jeremiah, because that's the reason we exist is to make those connections between our hop growers and, and you folks. And uh, the best way we do that is to get you out here uh, to let you meet the growers that are growing the hops you and Joe talked earlier about the importance of, you know, getting the end product out to our growers. Uh, they work literally their tails off to produce high quality, sustainably produced hops. And to have during harvest the ability to taste the fruits of, of their labor and your labor, it means a lot. Mm-hmm. And I come from the grower community. I know how much it, it means. And, uh, we, we really do appreciate that. Our growers appreciate it. And uh, whatever we can do to help you guys make great beer, we're all over it. That's that's what we're about. That's who we are as a company. Yeah, that's great. And it makes, it makes uh, everything that we do day to day as it is for you guys, with getting up every morning, doing what you guys do, it makes it never feel like work uh, when you get to work with, with good people. Uh, and you get to make good, fun things that you get to enjoy. Uh, so, um, yeah, no, thank you guys for doing what you do and, and letting us do what we do. I think we all count ourselves blessed. That's a good way to be. Oh, I, uh, into that. I literally at my age get up in the morning and pinch myself just, is, is this real? Do I actually get to go do something that I love? And uh, Not too hard because you're bruising easier in your old age. Well, that's true. That's softer true, pinch, Joe. but yep. still a pinch. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, a lot of advantages to getting old. Uh, one of them is grandkids for one of them. Well, that's one of them. The other one is I can hide my own Easter eggs. That's always (laughs) nice to be able to do those types of things. But, uh, uh, no, we really appreciate, uh, you joining us today, Jeremiah. It was informative. Uh, we're hoping that it looks like the White Sox are going to get into the playoffs. We hoping, hoping the Mariners might find a way to squeeze in as well maybe maybe we go watch a playoff game together that'd be fun if Wouldn't that series awesome? happens it's we're going to that's this is it's it's decided now all right commitment's been made yeah cheers cheers for you guys cheers jeremiah whether you're uh making beer or watching baseball we wish you nothing but great hops 